0: Xbox On. Welcome to Xbox On, the podcast with one host about one brand of consoles, the Xbox, and more specifically for now, the Xbox One. I am said host, Jesse DeRosa, and on today's episode, we'll be talking the latest Xbox news for the week of December 26, 2019, including just about nothing, as this week is obviously a a big holiday week here in the States, and and through most of the world and there's just not much happening so instead we'll be doing more of a reflective 2019 xbox podcast and looking a little bit ahead and anticipating some of the biggest things happening next year in 2020 for our final xbox on episode of the 2019 calendar year I guess we should really start out this week's episode with a generic, you know, happy holidays to all of you listening. Happy holidays, of course, and not specifically Merry Christmas because apparently some people don't celebrate Christmas, but let's be honest, literally everyone celebrates Christmas because it's pretty much in no way a religious holiday. It's just a big commercial holiday that we all enjoy more for its aesthetic and commercialism and it really has nothing to do with God at all. So I don't think I'm offending anyone by saying Merry Christmas. I just just want you to have a nice day off work, you know, that's it's really all I mean by that. But happy Happy Christmas to you. Merry Merry holidays or whatever. And if you celebrate a different holiday this time of year, then happy insert holiday there. I hope you have a wonderful break from the rest of your mundane day to day life, and that uh, you get some nice relaxation, eat some good food, and and come back to your uh, your more routine life schedule with a little more vigor and energy. Going forward, but with that said, we'll start out this week, of course, with what I've been playing. And this week, I finished playing Halo Reach for the first time in a couple years. Now it's available on the Master Chief Collection, and I must say, well, two things. First, I thought I was gonna, I thought it was gonna be cool, like some of you kids, and, and play a PC game. So I went ahead and tried to download Halo Reach on my on my computer, but for whatever reason, I was having some trouble. I downloaded the Xbox Beta app. Obviously, I have Game Pass, so. I just tried to download Halo Reach, and for some reason, you know, I tried to download to an external drive. It kept saying, you know, like unable to download. It would it would begin the download, and before I could even hit like one percent, it would just be like unable to download. There was an error, and then I click like more information, and it'd come up with an error code, and be like, would you like to send this error code to Microsoft? And and at first, you know, I, I'm a little frustrated, a little flustered. I tried to figure out what's going on, and I quickly realized. This is exactly why I don't play PC games, because this is bullshit. You know, no offense. I love I love my PC. I like using my PC for everything but gaming. Because when you try to play a game on a PC, you're hit with that kind of bullshit. So yeah, I could troubleshoot and figure out what it is and then enjoy my 120 hertz refresh rate and my Razer keyboard if that's what I wanted to do. But what I decided to do was just sit down on my fucking couch and play Master Chief Collection on my Xbox where I was guaranteed to not have any hassle because that's what console gaming is all about. So I went ahead and just and just played the damn thing on my on my Xbox. And I I was a little a little let down because I was excited to try and go to the dark side for eight hours and see what it would be like to play Halo Reach on on my PC. But I guess God had other plans for me. So I ended up playing it on my Xbox One. And guess what? It was just as good as I remember it being. I, I played through the whole thing. It, it was actually maybe a little bit better than I remember it being. Honestly, that, that campaign, Halo Reach is not my favorite Halo game. It's, it's up there. I'm a Halo 3 guy for sure. With Halo Five being a close second, I know that's a controversial take because it's cool to hate Halo Five, but it's actually a fantastic game. But yeah, Halo Reach is actually, I think, having replayed it this past week, I think it's kind of bumped up my list and maybe my third or fourth favorite Halo game. It's actually like the multiplayer is great, but not the best. Firefight is good, but it was better in ODST. But the campaign on Halo Reach is like absolutely phenomenal. You, like if you play play that game again right now and think about it in the context of 2010. Some of the some of the story beats and some of the kind of cinematic effects they use in that game, like especially the ending of that game, as people famously know, is just one of the most innovative and kind of memorable moments in gaming history. And I think that game doesn't get enough credit for what a memorable and profoundly important campaign it, it, it offers. And just one of, the, one of the best examples of what makes Halo such a special franchise. And if for whatever reason you've never played Halo Reach before, just remember, it's the game that inspired Star Wars Rogue One. It's basically Star Wars Rogue One, but it came out six years beforehand and it was better. Not to say Rogue One's a bad movie, I think Rogue One's a pretty solid Star Wars movie. Yeah, I, so I played through Halo Reach, uh, kind of refreshed my memory of that game and, and uh, reacquainted myself with it, and just an excellent, excellent Halo game, and I'll be glad to actually play some more of its multiplayer, because I, I'm not quite done yet with my with my um, renaissance of Halo Reach Uh, Aside from that, I started playing Life is Strange 2. I I just, uh, before recording this podcast, just finished the first of the five episodes, and it's pretty good. We're off to a good start. It's more Life is Strange. If you've never played a Life is Strange game, I know this game, it's like, it's a weird game. It's a divisive game, people, or it's a divisive series where people either love it or hate it. Here's here's the thing. Here's what I'll say to you. I played all of Life is Strange 1. I played all of Life is Strange Before the Storm, which is like the second series to the first game, and I played uh, The Adventures of Captain Awesome, which, by the way, If you haven't seen it, I have a really good video about that game on my YouTube channel. Aside from that, though, I think those games are fantastic. But in order to get into them, I really think you have to just accept the fact that the writing is super bad. It was, I mean, this Don't Nod, the studio that makes the game, they're from, I believe they're from France. And I guess their writer is just super out of touch with, one, how Americans speak, and two, how young people speak, because the writing is really 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 cringy and the game is like commonly criticized for that but if you can just like here's what i'll say play episode one of any of those games they're always like five episode games play episode one and just bear through the shitty writing or or the kind of poor word choice and you'll find yourself forgiving all the cringy writing for the story beats the intention of the writing the characters the setting the premise of the game it's they're always compelling games and having just played through episode one of Life is Strange 2, I'm immediately enamored with this new game, these new characters, this new story, and I'm already hooked on it just the same way I was when I played Life is Strange 1. The only reason I waited so long to get into the sequel, as it's been out for a while, is because I wanted to wait till all five episodes were out, rather than doing the whole, like, play an episode, wait a few months, back and forth thing. Um, So episode five, for those of you that don't know, recently came out. The whole thing's available on Game Pass, so now I'm just burning through them one by one for free thanks to game pass and it's a fantastic game again if you haven't played life is strange highly recommend it just push through the awful writing for a little bit long enough for the characters and the setting and the in this in the overarching story to really sink its way into you and i think you'll really enjoy those games they're they're quite fantastic especially for someone who just enjoys more narrative driven games but yeah so i'm excited to be playing through that i was originally going to play Actually, I was originally going to start playing Hellblade, the first one, because I've, as I recently admitted, I had never played that game, and it's high on my list of games to play, but I ended up just doing Life is Strange because I've I've been really excited to jump into that, and now that the series is complete, I can finally just do the whole thing and, like, in one swift you know move i'll get to hellblade that's that's next on my list but um yeah that's what i've been playing and with that all said we'll jump into our one and only news story this week and then our festive holiday off topic kind of segments about xbox in general for the year of 2019 so our one and only news story this week is actually a little bit of a follow-up to a story from i believe two or three weeks ago and it's that um uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare's Battle Royale or rumored Battle Royale mode seems to be getting a little more a little more substance um, to this rumor and it looks like it's all but confirmed to be happening. So last week, a Reddit user KingBrizoR discovered a glitch that allowed them to explore what appears to be the game's unannounced and unreleased Battle Royale map. By manipulating the spectator mode in private matchmaking on the multiplayer map called The Vacant, the Reddit user was able to zoom out and find more of the game's unreleased content in the peripheral areas of the map. While this doesn't confirm anything, it sure adds a lot of strength to the ongoing rumor, and skeptics can go on the game and try this glitch out to further prove it for themselves Uh, so since the discovery other reddit users and youtubers have posted videos and pictures further detailing this discovery still activision hasn't addressed the rumors of the battle royale mode but it seems like only a matter of time before we get official word so stay tuned as this story continues to unfold so yeah i mean i think this all but confirms the battle royale map i mean the only way call of duty modern warfare isn't getting a battle royale mode is if they just for some reason, have canceled it, which I just don't see being the case. This game continues to do really, really well, and obviously every Call of Duty performs extraordinarily well. But I think Modern Warfare is kind of having a resurgence. Not just you know, not just in the way that Call of Duty always sells extremely well with general audiences, but I think even within the gaming community and kind of the lapsed Call of Duty player base, this game is really, really taking off. So. Why not inject your Battle Royale mode into the most successful iteration of Call of Duty in recent history rather than just the Black Ops sub-franchise, which of course is the only one until now that has had a Battle Royale mode. So this just makes sense to me, and I don't see them creating all the assets and the maps and everything and having it in the game and then just being like, nah, Battle Royale isn't coming. I think it's more just a matter of they're waiting for the proper moment. I think they're probably waiting till the holidays die down and kind of once we get into that January, February lull, to kind of give the game a second injection of life you know once you've pushed your holiday sales of the game and everything starts stagnating or plateauing or whatever you, you come and announce this and now you have a new reason for people to be excited about this game again i think that's their intention but if we keep getting leaks like this i think activision or infinity ward might have to come out and kind of confirm this mode a little bit sooner and do a proper announcement because at this point it's a really poorly kept secret but yeah it looks like we're getting that battle royale map like i said i'm I'd be excited to try that out. I'm not going to get hooked on it because who the hell has time for yet another Battle Royale or persistent multiplayer game. But considering the rest of the Call of Duty Modern Warfare package from campaign to multiplayer has been so robust and content complete, I'd be shocked if their Battle Royale mode wasn't at the very least uh, competent. So yeah, there's that. And that is our one and only news story. Like I said, it's obviously the holidays. There's literally nothing happening. Everyone is on break. Everyone is enjoying some some no work time whatever you want to call it so that is uh that is your three minutes of a standard episode of xbox on but i refuse to stop recording just because there's no news so we're going to continue with more of a kind of fun shoot the shit podcast so I thought it'd be fun to do our own reflection of 2019 episode, and generally the way most gaming podcasts do this kind of thing is they would have some kind of game of the year award, right? They would rank their favorite games of the year and award the very best game, the the highest esteemed um, award there is. But we don't do that here, you know. I'm not really a like a, a MVP kind of guy. I'm more of a everyone gets a participation award. So. If I had to rate it, I'd say every game was the best game of the year this year, but we're not going to focus on game of the year. So we, instead, what, what I've decided to go with is, you know, every gamer has, there's this thing in the gaming sphere that that is known as the backlog. It is that list of games that always weighs on you. It's that, it's that list of games that you feel guilt every time you start a new game, you feel guilt if that game you just started is not in your backlog and it's it's those games that you've been meaning to get around to everyone's told you it's a great game or it's a you're not a real gamer if you haven't played x game kind of game Um, but you know over time as as games continue to release that backlog just grows and grows for most players and it's a thing that weighs on us it's a thing we all must live with and Ultimately, it's a thing we must all take to our grave because surely there's not enough time in any man's life to complete every game in his backlog. So despite, you know, the fact that we all live with the shame of our our backlogs, I've decided to kind of come forward with mine and list out the top five games that I fully expected to get to in 2019 from my backlog that are just still sitting in my goddamn backlog. And so the caveat to this is, it has to be an Xbox game. It has to be a game I played on Xbox. For example, you know, I even though I've gotten comments that I'm a little Xbox fanboy, and yes, I do favor Xbox. Yes, I do prefer Xbox. I actually play every platform, and I, I really enjoy my PlayStation 4. I think PlayStation's Four is a fantastic console in the way of the games it offers. It's just a very flawed console in a lot of other ways. But I would have loved to play Days Gone uh, this year on my PlayStation Four. That was a game I was actually really looking forward to, and then it just became one of those things where it came out and got away from me, and I just never got around to playing it. But that game cannot show up on this list because it is a PlayStation exclusive. So the game either has to be an Xbox exclusive, or it has to be available on Xbox platform. It just it just has to be a game Xbox players have access to. It does not, however, have to be a 2019 game game there are some 2019 games on this list but it is is not the rule the rule just has to be that it was a it was a game that i anticipated playing in the year 2019 and now as we count down these final few days of the year i find myself saying shit i still haven't gotten around to that game have i that is the that is the rule set for this this list and now we will start top 5 we'll start down counting from 5 going to number 1 this is from least agonizing to most agonizing and and our number 5 pick is going to be 2018's Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Now this Tomb Raider reboot series is a a series that I actually think is quite robust, like really awesome. I I played the first one which I thought was a pretty valiant effort for this kind of reimagining of the Tomb Raider franchise. Obviously, these Tomb Raider remakes take heavily from the Uncharted series on PlayStation and, in my opinion, do them much better from a gameplay perspective. While I think Uncharted is a vastly superior franchise for its characters and storytelling, I think the Tomb Raider games are actually... Better as just just for the moment-to-moment gameplay. I think the exploration, the platforming, the combat is better in these Tomb Raider games. Particularly with 2015's Rise of the Tomb Raider, I thought that game was like really, really solid, like nine out of ten kind of game. But for whatever reason, when Shadow of the Tomb Raider came out, it just wasn't super high priority on my list. I don't know what happened. Maybe I was busy, you know, saving the world or whatever it is I do. But I just I it didn't play it when it first came out. And I remember deciding, you know, I all I remember was saying. I'll wait till the game drops in price. It'll probably be 30 bucks in a couple months. I'll play it then. And then it came to Game Pass, actually, not too long after it released. So I was like, oh hell yeah, I'll play it on Game Pass. And then I just still never got around to it. But I, I remember telling myself sometime earlier this year, by the end of the year, I will play Shadow of the Tomb Raider. And now as I scroll through my game library on my console, looking at what to play, I, I keep seeing Shadow of the Tomb Raider there. And it just never gets chosen. So that's my number five pick, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, and so I know a lot of people say they didn't do quite as good a job as making the game you know, as fully realized as uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider was, and they say that Laura's kind of an unlikable character a little bit in the third one. I've kind of tried to not let that judgment impair my excitement for the game and my opinion before I even walk into it. I'm trying to see it as a game that's potentially just as good as the last one, if not better, but yeah, again, it's still, I barely know anything about it, and I'm still looking forward to someday playing it. But that's my, my number five pick for games on my uh, backlog that I really thought I was going to get around to in 2019, but just didn't. Our number four pick is kind of pathetic, because this game is not only... Kind of old at this point, meaning it's been around for a handful of years, but it's also just a really short game. So there's no reason why I can't just pick a night off work or part of a day off and just sit down for two and a half hours and play the damn thing. But that is what remains of Edith Finch. I know a lot of people don't like these kinds of games as one of those, what we call, I guess we used to kind of call them walking simulators in a derogatory sense. And now that's just become the name of the genre, but it's a walking simulator and it's one of those, you know, two hour games where you're in first-person perspective and you explore the environment and you just do a lot of storytelling and there's no like gameplay in the sense of like platforming or an action or combat or anything like that and I was really excited I I think this game looks like one of the best in this genre you know popular games in the genre being things like Firewatch and Gone Home and and things like that and Virginia which is one I'm I'm very fond of but yeah what remains of Edith Finch I've seen trailers for many times and it just looks like the one that's going to be like my favorite of this genre. And for whatever reason, you know, I bought it on sale once. It's like $4. It's in my library. It's been sitting there waiting for a year. And I just keep telling myself, oh, one of these nights I'm going to sit down and play this game. And I just haven't done it. I even did, I, in 2019, I even got around to Dear Esther, which I wasn't as excited for as What Remains of Edith Finch. But still, I haven't gotten around to this game. And it's kind of the most embarrassing of the five on this list because it's just like, how can you not find the, Two to three hours to just sit down and and check this one off the list, but I, I, it's one of those things where I just want to be in the right headspace because there these kinds of games are short, but there's usually a lot of story to digest and unfold. It's like reading a good a good novel where there's. There's a lot you can interpret, and I want to be in the headspace where I can just be fully enveloped in the game and then afterwards think about it on my own and and marinate on that for a day or two and then go on forums and read what other people had to say about the game and just kind of synthesize my own interpretation of the game. And I just haven't been in the mood for something like that in a game recently, and I think that's why I haven't gotten around to it. Um, so I've just been defaulting to more of like, regular games that are more like spoon-fed stories or more just gameplay-oriented, and and that's my excuse, but still, I just, I mean, the game is old enough at this point that there's just really no good excuse, so that's my number four pick, and next we will move on to my number three pick, which I think this one's pretty justifiable, and I'm not kicking myself for, so my number three pick of games on my backlog that I meant to get around to in 2019, but just still haven't done so, is Red Dead Redemption 2, so I actually never played the first Red Dead Redemption during its, like, its respective time, you know, during the 2010 era where it came out, during the Xbox 360 era. I actually played the first one in anticipation for the second one last year. So, I think I beat Red Dead Redemption 1, like, the credits rolled for me literally a couple, a handful of weeks before Red Dead Redemption 2 actually came out. So it was one of those things where I was like, I'm going to play these games back to back and the story going to be super fresh in my mind. And I'm going to be really enveloped in this specific universe. Um, but by the time I beat the first one, I was like, I had two thoughts. It was like a simultaneous thing where one side of me was like, I see why people love this game so much. This was a fantastic game. And Red Dead Redemption one, particularly the ending. It's just one of the best games. Again, it's like Halo reach. It's like, this is a fantastic game for 2010 this is uh some boundary pushing storytelling right here for video games it's it's a fantastic game I really enjoyed Red Dead Redemption 1 and I'm surprised how well it held up you know playing it in 2018 especially being you know as visually held back as it is compared to most modern games but no Red Dead Redemption 1 I, I thought was a, quite a great game but on the the other part of me was like okay I just spent like 30 40 hours playing through this game, you know, all I pretty much did was shoot through the story content. I didn't do too much side content at all. I didn't even get to the um Undead Nightmare DLC which I know is really highly regarded and looks like something that's right up my alley, but I was just so burnt out on it. I was like I don't have any more time or, you know, mind share for the Red Dead series at this moment. So I was like, "You know what? I'll just let Red Dead 2 come out. I'll let this holiday season pass. I'll play other games. I'll take a break from this. And then, you know, in spring or summer of 2019, when the game's available for like $40, bucks, i will save myself a couple dollars. I'll have some space in between the two games to kind of get excited about this series again. And then I'll get around to it. That'll be my summer game. And I remember very specific. My summer was like, I had like two things on my list. One was to move because I moved this past year. And two was to play Red Dead Redemption 2. And I just, for some reason, summer came, I had a lot of free time on my hands, I had a lot of time alone to play video games, I and I ended up just playing a lot of Halo 5 and totally neglecting the hell out of Red Dead Redemption 2, and it's just... It's gotten to that point where it's just like, what is your excuse? The game's been on sale so many times. It just hasn't happened. But I will give myself this. Obviously, it is a massive game to tackle. Mostly everyone I've talked to who has purchased Red Dead Redemption 2 has said they have not beaten it. I'm sure the statistics for who has beaten this game, who owns it, it's like it's probably like, <laughs> like 1 in 20 people or something. This game is just like a massive game. Uh, if people say it's like 60 hours or something to beat, I'm sure you can probably be in like 40, 50 if you really just push through it. But, like, man, I, I'm not looking forward. I'm, I'm one of those people. It's it's why I like The Outer Worlds so much. I, I don't want my games to require, like, 30, 40, 50 hours of my time to play them. I want a game to be short and sweet. Um, I just, I mean, man, like, that... Those 8 to 12 hour games are the sweet spot. I love that stuff. And and you know every now and again you get like the What Remains of Edith Finch games like we were just talking about where it's like those 2 to 3 hour games where it's like, man, it's just so respectful of your time. You pick it up, you have one great evening with it, or you pick it up and you play it over a weekend or over a week or two and you really enjoy it and then you move on to the next thing. But man, games like Red Dead Redemption 2, they want you to like fucking break up with your significant other and like shred your lease in half and move to the mountains and con- convince yourself that you're fucking cowboy and go do that for the next six months of your life and it's just i don't have the time for that i don't have the mind share for that i get way too easily distracted if i started playing a game like this by the fourth or fifth hour of the game i would be like that's an awesome game and now i'm obsessed with some new hobby that has totally ripped me away from red dead and that's why it's just such a big commitment and uh i guess i guess what's really happening is i'm admitting to you right now on the air that i cannot commit And that is why I have not beaten Red Dead Redemption 2. So that's my long-winded number three. And so we're down to the the final two games that are weighing on my soul. that That are the games I really had myself convinced I would play in 2019. But alas... As we near the final moments of this year, I have just not played. And number two will be, actually, I alluded to it at the top of the show, Hellblade, uh, Senua's Sacrifice. This is a game that when it came out, I kind of shrugged off, actually, which is weird because everything about this game, you know, the fact that people constantly applaud this game for its storytelling it's innovation and like it's, it's bravery or what have you to tackle mental health the way this game does and that actually sounds like a game that's really right up my alley but for whatever reason I just never got around to it I know it first released on PlayStation 4 maybe that had something to do with it because I'm generally a uh, I won't play my PlayStation 4 unless I absolutely have to kind of person unless it's like an MLB game or a PlayStation exclusive like a Uncharted Last of Us kind of game so that might have something to do with it but then the game came to xbox a year later and i still didn't get around to it and then the game came to game pass and microsoft bought the studio that made the game and i still didn't play it and it's just i don't know that reveal at the xbox uh, series x during the game awards where they showed the trailer for hellblade 2 was like that moment where it's like dude why the hell have you still not played this game it's on game pass just get to it it's it's not only been one of those games where it's like it's not a super long game what's your excuse but it's also one of those things where it's like this is now technically like an Xbox game and you still haven't played it and if you want if you if you do, if you want to keep if you want to keep your Xbox Street Cred you're going to have to play this game um, and then probably be one of those people that lies about it and pretends you, you've always been a big fan of it so that people don't question your loyalty to the brand. I really do have to get around to Hellblade, not just because I, I genuinely want to play it and see what all the, the fuss is about, see what all the the buzz is about, see what all the, the fuzz is about, but also because I just want to maintain my my integrity as as a big Xbox fanboy. I don't want you guys to start thinking, you know, this guy isn't a real Xbox fanboy. He can't, he can't fix an error code on his Surface Pro. He can't play these second-class, first-party games like Hellblade. He just likes Halo. You know, he's a Halo guy. He just wants to sit around and play Halo and Gears of War and pretend to be a part of the club, but he's not a real Xbox fan, and I... Those are the kinds of comments. Like I said, I, I have tough skin, but that's the kind of comment that could actually like tear me apart. So I'm gonna have to get around to Hellblade: Senua's Sacrifice because I can't handle that criticism if I'm gonna start getting comments like that. And on top of that, it just looks like a good game. So I'm. That is, like I said at the top of the show, that is the next game on my list. Please spare me, if you will, but we will get to that soon. Yeah, as as you could probably tell right there, that is. Something that has been weighing on me and honestly talking about it into this microphone right now is quite cathartic for me because I just feel a lot better knowing that you guys know the truth now. So that's my number two spot and then my number one game of 2019. This is the only game on the list that's actually a game that was released in 2019. The number one game that is in my backlog that I wake up every morning thinking what a failure I am because I just haven't gotten around to this goddamn game is Remedies Control. Uh, Now, this game, it's only been out since August, so it's not like it's been out forever and I just haven't gone around to it. But as you might remember, when this game was coming out, they announced that there was going to be some exclusive content for those who got the PlayStation 4 version. So at a protest, I thought I'd be I thought I'd be cool. I thought I'd be um, an activist, an Xbox activist and protest that exclusive PlayStation content by saying, I will not buy this game until it drops in price because I will not pay the same price as a PlayStation gamer and get less content. I will not be treated as a second-class citizen and I demand respect from Remedy, a company who has a strong history with Microsoft, a company that's been very good to Remedy over the years and uh, just demand the respect and the content that these PlayStation gamers have gotten. And that kind of came around and bit me in the ass a little bit because here we are and I've seen the game on sale for like 30 bucks, 20 bucks, like throughout Black Friday, throughout Christmas sales. And it's just like, man, you can really get on this game for cheap now. You know, you got like IGN throwing game of the year awards at it and you got like everyone I respect with a background in in games media saying what a fantastic game it was. And then you got me. I'm just someone who enjoys Remedy games. I think, I think Quantum Breaks one of the best Xbox One games, period. And I'm just like, shit, I still haven't gotten around to this game. And look at it. It's, it's taking up all the game of the year attention right now. And I'm feeling bad about that. I haven't gotten around to it. But then we get this story the other week that, you know, oh controls coming to Xbox Game Pass I'm like oh don't feel bad Jesse you did the right thing by waiting because now you're gonna get to play it through Game Pass and then Remedy's out there like don't listen to Phil Spencer he's full of shit this game ain't ever coming to Game Pass and now I'm like oh oh well Phil Spencer's full of shit clearly I should just buy the game and and now you know I'm just I'm a very confused person at this point uh, but the biggest thing that's really eating me alive is that I'm a massive hypocrite because I, I took a similar approach with Call of Duty Modern Warfare when I said oh that that spec op survival mode is not going to be on the Xbox version it's only for PlayStation for the first year. Well, no thanks. You're not getting my money for Modern Warfare. And then I caved like a little bitch and I bought Modern Warfare on like the third day it was out for 60 bucks. And I have to I have to eat some shit for that because I'm a total hypocrite for doing that. What does that say about me that I would spend 60 bucks on this year's Call of Duty, but not 60 bucks on Remedies Control, a studio that I really respect, a studio that doesn't get the financial and critical attention that, or a commercial attention that they deserve that Call of Duty gets and it's just I feel like I'm part of the problem and not the solution as a result of of the vote I made with my own wallet and I just have to own up to that and uh, and let you know that not only for that reason but just for the plain fact that control looks like a fantastic game, it looks very much like a Jesse game. I'm so excited to play this game and I just feel so much guilt that it has to be at the number one spot on my backlog. Games I haven't gotten around to that I'm just a real big piece of shit for not playing. But like I said, Hellblade's the next one on my list, so Control, you're gonna have to wait. Aside from that, it just looks like an awesome game because uh, it really dabbles in a genre that I don't think video games have really particularly explored before, or not to my knowledge, which is that kind of weird science genre and I'm only even remotely familiar with the genre because I just took a class this this past spring before I graduated school. I actually took a, a literature class where we studied this like weird fiction, um, and we we uh, we read Van Annihilation, which was recently made into. A, uh, a movie, So a lot of people might be familiar with that. If they haven't seen or read it, they might be at least familiar with the name or, or that it's a, a book or a movie. And we studied that a little bit. And while it's kind of an unsatisfying genre for me because it's just a genre about asking a bunch of questions and twisting your brain in weird ways, there's nothing like cathartic about it. There's nothing like where you ever connect dots and understand things. It's just a genre meant to like really twist your brain and make you think and ask questions a lot. And... I'm really excited to see someone take that genre and take that kind of method of storytelling and apply it to a game because as someone who believes video games are a great vehicle for storytelling, I think there's a lot of unique and interesting ways we can explore that genre using the conventions of a video game so I'm really excited to get around to that game for that reason as well but at this point you're probably just really tired of hearing me talk about Remedies Control so we will move off from that that is those are my top five games that are sitting there in my backlog that eat me alive that keep me up at night that make me wonder what could have been and um, hopefully 2020 will be the year I get around to at least at least most of them I mean it's only five games hopefully I can get to at least three of them Red Dead Redemption 2 you might just fall into oblivion but goddamn if I can't get to the other four right so yeah I appreciate you you bearing through I hope that was a fun segment for you I just didn't want to do a uh, game of the year list because one my opinions don't fucking matter it's not like I'm it's not like I'm a Mr. Famous YouTuber video game guy that people care about the opinion of number 1 and number 2 it's like everyone's going to tell you what the game of the year was and I just I mean, let's let's do something different. Not not to say that that's not a fun segment. I personally love listening to my favorite gaming people talk about their game of the year. But let's just let's just do something different. Let's be cool for the sake of being cool, right? Uh, so aside from that, let's just talk about let's just do like a quick three minutes, just kind of Xbox 2019 in review and kind of where we're going from there. Shut up, Xbox! I'm not talking to you. So yeah, 2019 was obviously a pretty rough year for the Xbox brand as a whole. If you're talking just about like The games, Obviously, this was never really going to be a good year, as we could see coming from a mile away in 2018. We've known for a while now that next generation was going to be a 2020 thing and that both PlayStation and Xbox would have their next consoles on the market by the end of 2020. So as history can show us, generally that final year before you get your next generation console is usually a pretty rough one usually a pretty big lull so I was expecting 2019 2020 to kind of be a rough time if anything what I'm really surprised to see is how busy the first half of 2020 is for Xbox considering it's the final few months before we get Xbox Series X but yeah 2019 kind of turned out to be roughly what we thought it would be if we're going to talk about Xbox games for the most part you know Gears 5 is the only thing of note so like Gears 5 is the Big awesome triple A Xbox exclusive that came out this year. It is, you know. I don't want to I don't want to talk the game down because I thought it was phenomenal if it were up against a bunch of other Xbox exclusives I, I still think Gears 5 would be very high up the list it'd be a very competitive game a very uh, noteworthy game of, of talking about in kind of game of the year discussions for various awards I think the voice acting the game is incredible I think the story direction of the game is incredible I think the way it innovates on the Gears of War formula is great I think it's the best Gears award to date I love the new characters I love where they're taking the game I do have one gripe with something towards the end of the game that's a little bit of uh, well that's definitely a massive spoiler so i won't get into but in general i think the coalition's doing a phenomenal job with gears of war i think you can't deny like if you've always just been a fan of gears of war they've steadily been putting out fantastic gears of war content and i'm just i'm really happy to see that that's one series that it's kind of like old reliable at this point but not in a kind of offensive way where I'm, I'm saying that they haven't reinvented the wheel because they really do reinvent gears 5 and i made that argument months ago when the game came out that like you can tell me that every Gears game is just the same thing, but go back and replay Gears of War 2 and then go play Gears of War 5 and tell me they haven't made leaps and strides in improving the formula of Gears of War. It's just it's just those kinds of tweaks and balances that aren't outwardly visible from someone just watching a, a trailer, but once you really play the games and compare them, Gears Five is is has made big strides in just improving and modernizing and pushing that 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 franchise forward. And it was a fantastic game. So that's my little preface, my little pat on the head for Gears Five. It is a fantastic game, but it's really the only game like of note this year. The other one would be you know Crackdown Three, which I'll be honest, I only play like two or three hours of that game. I was very uninterested in it after playing it. It was just not fun to me at all. I will not give Microsoft credit for that, that game. I I kind of considering how many games were canceled this generation on Xbox I kind of wish Crackdown 3 was canceled but I understand they promised it for so long they teased it for so long they put so much development time in it and promised all this like cloud technology with its sandbox mode at some point it was just like one of those you might as well just throw it out the door you've put so much money and time into this thing just get it out the door but yeah it was it was not a, a particularly great game and it's a game that I forgot about almost instantly so it's kind of hard to talk about Crackdown 3 I'm, I'm not really qualified to give you much information or much opinion on that game because I just didn't really play enough of it and I just wasn't grabbed by it in any way and then I I mean I guess the other thing you could talk about would be the Outer Worlds but the thing about the Outer Worlds is even though Microsoft owns Obsidian, and even though it launched into Game Pass, and people are quickly taking to the idea of Obsidian being an Xbox studio, much in the way that people just instantly took to Fox being a Disney brand, or Star Wars being a Disney brand, it's it's still very much a third-party game, right? Because, I mean, it's still not published by Microsoft. It was still available day and date on PlayStation, and it is on the way to Switch sometime next year, which isn't a bad thing by any means. I'm just saying it's hard to have the conversation of that game as an awesome Xbox exclusive when it really wasn't an Xbox exclusive. It's just an Xbox-adjacent game, if you will. I don't know. But it was a fantastic game. I enjoyed it a lot. I think Euros 5 is better. Other than that, you know, it's like, that's really all we had this year for... Xbox games. But on the bright side, I think there's a way to to look at the Xbox conversation 2019 that kind of goes beyond the games, which I know sounds a little like grasping at straws. It's like, dude, gaming consoles are all about the games. What else would it be about if not the games? Well, Xbox One might not have been the best console this year for awesome AAA exclusives. But the conversation, I feel like obviously Game Pass didn't come out this year. But 2019 felt like the year where the public really accepted Game Pass and where everyone really got on board with Game Pass and where we accepted it as like a mainstay of the Xbox brand rather than just this new service that Microsoft is trying out. And we'll see if it does or doesn't work out. It really kind of took its place as the future of Xbox in this indelible piece of the puzzle that you can't you can't have one without the other. You know, Game Pass is now just as big a part of Xbox as Xbox Live is a part of Xbox. And I think that's really awesome. And I think Microsoft has done an excellent job of doubling down on the messaging, really getting word out there, really getting as many people on board with it as they can, you know, like with all the two dollar Game Pass one-month trials and things like that. And just the awesome games just launching day one into Game Pass. That kind of stuff really helps, you know, getting your Gears 5 and your Outer Worlds day one. I mean, this year we only had a few Xbox exclusives or a few Xbox games, if you will, but they all launched day and date on Game Pass, which was awesome. It was so cool looking forward to Outer Worlds and Gears 5, thinking I don't have to buy this game. Like, I don't have to think about the money I have to spend on this game. All I got to do is just look forward to the game, be excited to play it and play it as soon as it's out because Game Pass. And that's that's a really awesome story to tell. And that's a really awesome position to be in that not many other companies get to be in. And so I think 2019 was an awesome year for Xbox in the way of really getting not just the Xbox fans, but the general public aware of the future of gaming, which is Game Pass. And, and I think this year is for xCloud what last year was for Game Pass, which is like the kind of we're getting the public into it. The Xbox fan base is becoming very familiar with it. They're getting their hands on it and the conversation will continue to evolve and roll as we go into 2020. But, you know, we also got that. That's another big piece of the puzzle is going to be xCloud. Uh, Microsoft in general, like outside the Xbox brand, Microsoft in general is very excited and putting a lot of emphasis on Cloud, And I think that this is really, really important to Microsoft as a brand, as a, as a company and not just Xbox is being able to, play games anywhere thanks to streaming technology so i get x cloud is also a big part of the conversation this year with xbox and so while it not might not be a specific game it's not like us getting to brag about god of war and spider-man like sony had last year it's it's big news because in a couple of years this stuff is going to be so secondhand nature to us getting like having game pass and x cloud that I think we'll take it for granted and it's important to note that twenty nineteen was a very critical year for these services and and kind of cementing them as important, indelible parts of not just the gaming ecosystem, but of the Xbox brand. So 2019 despite being kind of a weak year wasn't exactly a weak year and that just sounds like me doing some xbox fanboying defending stuff but i really do believe what i'm saying here that these are these are really important moves in the long run and while in 2019 it might not be super exciting and sexy to be like oh yeah in 20 in 2019 we played gears of war 5 and then we had a bunch of games that were already on the market available to us through game pass you know it, these will be exciting things to talk about in the future when like next year when it's like you're getting every 2020 game day and date on xbox in through game pass instantly and which we'll get into that in a second because 2020 is looking pretty good for xbox so yeah so i mean i just overall i think 2019 not not the the funnest or most flashy cool year ever but an important one i think it i think 2019 is the year where xbox got all the cards set up just right whatever it was that they were lacking they they got everything set up just so so that as we move into 2020 Xbox can start kicking ass with some awesome games with Xbox series X with a hard refresh on the branding and the image of this of this of this Xbox brand and we're gonna have a lot of people kind of change their tune and their attitude about Xbox and it's exciting to see that this year was such an important year in in kind of getting us there so with that said uh, we're gonna' actually before we finally wrap up real quick so you can have an idea of what I mean by 2020. This is just from March through May. So this is just three months. And, and keep in mind, March is in, like, a couple weeks. It's like, what what is March? Like, fucking 12 weeks from now? We've got Ori and the Will of the Wisps, Bleeding Edge. Do- uh, and those are two first-party games coming to Xbox in, in just the month, month of March. We had three first-party games come out all year in 2019. And and in 2020, we've got two of them coming out just in the month of March. And then we got Doom Eternal, which is, of course, a third-party game. But that's a big game coming to Xbox. And then in April, we've got Minecraft Dungeons, another big first-party game. just a month later. Then you got Gears Tactics, which won't be coming to Xbox until later, but that's coming to PC in April, and that's another Xbox first-party... studio game so I mean that's that's awesome and then Cyberpunk 2077 while of course another third party game is a massive game that's coming out in April so that's gonna be competing for everyone's time and energy that's like that's like a Red Dead Redemption 2 right there so that's a massive game and then in May just another month later you've got another big Xbox first party game in Wasteland 3 and then of course you know all these games are games you're just gonna have instantly through Game Pass all these first party games that is and then additionally in May you've got Marvel's Avengers so again third party but another big games so it's just so many big games coming out in just the first few months of, of 2020 and then in addition to that you've got obsidians grounded which is coming out sometime in the spring so sometime in that window we were just talking about you've got battletoads which is coming out at some point next year you've got that cuphead dlc the delicious last course and then most importantly in the fall the very most important thing happening next year along with the launch of the xbox series x we've got halo infinite the most important game of the 2020s i'm calling it now It's just the most important thing ever, and it's going to be the game of the year next year. I don't care if you boot up that game for the first time, and it turns out it took them them five years to make a game where it's just a startup screen with Master Chief shaking his ass in your face. I don't care. It's already my 2020 game of the year. I can't wait for it, and it's going to be fucking awesome. So 2020 is already looking really great for Xbox, and there are more games to learn about. Just wait until E3, so it's exciting shit. Uh, If if 2019 had you down, keep your chin up, because 2020 is going to be pretty hectic and exciting. So with all that said, I guess there are some games that came out this week. I'm not going to really go through them because I mean, who cares? That's, that's just a, a filler bullshit segment I do that I don't think anyone even listens to anyway. We'll get back to that in 2020 in the first week of January. But, you know, Games with Gold, don't forget to download your Games with Gold games. And actually, real quick, the January Games with Gold were announced. So make sure you download these December games before they end in a few days. But just so you know, in January, you can look forward to some, some new games for the whole month. You got Sticks, Shards of Darkness. You got Batman the Telltale series for the latter half of the month going into February you've got Tekken 6 on the 360 side throughout the first half of January and then you got Lego Star Wars 2 the original trilogy throughout the latter half of January so those are your uh, games with gold that you can look forward to next month but we will see you in 2020 thank you guys so much for listening to the show this show you know this is an important year for me obviously because this show kicked off in 2019 so even though it's not a the show's not a year old until next summer the show is technically going into its second calendar year so exciting for me. And I I appreciate anyone who's listened to the show, whether it's been just for five minutes or just for one episode, any any amount of time you've given to me and to the show is greatly appreciated. So thank you so much for that and uh, have a great rest of your holiday time period and uh, New Year's and whatnot and be safe and enjoy yourselves and we'll see you next week.